0: Hello, listeners. You know, keeping the house in a divorce or deciding to let it go is a really big decision that should not be rushed or put on the back burner. This is a place where timing truly is key and so is your divorce mortgage planning. Tammy Wallensack is a certified divorce lending professional who specializes in presenting the marital home options for those who are contemplating or going through a divorce. One thing to know is that it's important to discuss the home before you take any official steps in your divorce process, because often your home is your largest asset and planning properly can help avoid issues down the road for both spouses. Tammy helps you separate business decisions from emotional decisions and helps determine if keeping the house is possible or even in the best interest of either spouse. So if you or someone you know could benefit from a complimentary divorce mortgage planning consult, contact Tammy today. Find her at TakeOrLeaveTheHouse.com. That's TakeOrLeaveTheHouse.com. And make sure to let her know you heard about her on Divorce and Beyond. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast
1: having gone through all of that, I just always felt like there has to be a better way to do this. And I think the better way is really to look at your divorce as the opportunity to build the foundation for your future.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today I'm joined by, in all full disclosure, everyone, someone that I absolutely adore. She works with us at Mostin Guthrie, and she is also herself a very skilled, certified divorce and mediation coach. Um, And she's really just one of the loveliest and most insightful people that I know, and she's here to share with you all, we're, we're going to build on the conversation that I started last week with Wendy Sloan. So you all remember last week, Wendy came on, she's uh, Wendy from What's Up With Wendy and Divorce Doesn't Suck. And we talked about Wendy's you know top tips that she would have given to herself um, if she had only known and what she sees from her beyond and how her, her beyond has been wonderful And Kelly is here today to join me to talk in a deeper dive kind of way about how to avoid what she calls, I love this, and it's perfect for this time of year, the divorce hangover.
1: So everybody, please welcome my friend, Kelly Myers. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Susan. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to talk about uh, how to avoid the divorce hangover and, and provide some hopefully some, some really good tips for people to go through this divorce process, at least better than I did.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's the key. You and Wendy have that similar um, sort of thought now that you're in you're beyond. And it is that, gee, I wish I'd done it differently. And so there's so much value in both sharing your experience of what you went through but also what you can do better. And so Wendy shared sort of the three areas where she thought, you know, she had made mistakes, the key one being she rushed right into hired the first attorney, rushed right into the process and it turned into the nightmare we all know it can. So, but I want to back up before you and I dive into this cuz you have As many people in the divorce space have have done, you've been through your own divorce. And I think through that process, found that you wanted to help people do it in a better way, as I like to say, avoid that hangover. And so I thought it's always helpful for, for listeners to hear what you went through, what your divorce experience was like, especially right now, as you and I both know, we're sitting here in December, happy holidays, hangovers are are common, et cetera. But what we also know is January divorce month is coming. And that means there are people out there listening right now who are thinking about divorce, dreading divorce, wondering what divorce is going to be like. And those are the people that this episode is really geared toward. If, if divorce is in your future, if you started out the right way, you can avoid that hangover. So would you mind sharing just a little bit about your divorce story
1: um, and, and your backstory of what happened for you? Sure. Um, I, uh, I actually asked my spouse for a divorce in 2011. I didn't do it the best way. Um, we were at a restaurant and it was not probably the most respectful way to have gone about that. But like many people who get to that point where they're ready for a divorce, they're ready. Like they just reach a point and they're just ready. And to Wendy's point, you're rushed to the finish line then. So a little bit of backstory, you know, I had been married for, uh, it was almost 12 years. I had three young kids, three young boys, um, all 10 and under, and they were all about 18 months apart. So, you know, we had a full house. <laughs> um, I had been a stay at home mom, um, for the whole time. And, um, so I had given up my career in marketing and really focused my work inside the home, um, you know, with my kids And I knew fairly early on that this marriage was not for me. Um, It wasn't working for me. Um, But I had decided that really I'd always wanted a big family and I always wanted kids. So, well, you know, I was going to get through it because I was able to have my children. And, um, you know, over time, you just realized that that isn't going to solve the problem. So I decided to, you know, pursue a divorce. Um, I went through mediation. Uh, you know, initially, yes. (laughs) However, I didn't vet my mediator very well. And I didn't get any support or seek any other guidance, um, professional guidance throughout that process, which really ultimately led to a very lopsided financial um, agreement, uh, basically a non-existent parenting plan. And real limited child and spousal support, um, which then ultimately led to litigation a couple of years later. Having gone through all of that, I just always felt like there has to be a better way to do this. And I think the better way is is really to to look at your divorce as the opportunity to build the foundation for your future. And, um, and in that process, you have to be engaged. You have to become your own advocate. You have to be the one that builds the blueprint for your future. You can't rely on other professionals to do that because they're not an expert in your life. No. You are. Yeah. And so I've always said, consider every decision that you make in this divorce process. Think of it as a brick. And that brick it goes into your foundation. And so if you create a blueprint, you kind of know the footprint of where your foundation is. And so you, you can start to strategically place those bricks. If you don't do that work, you may have a brick you know, over here and one over in this corner. And when you're all done, you don't have a stable foundation. That is for me, the thing that I had wished I had leaned into was recognizing that, that this divorce process, this divorce contract, if you will, is going to be the most important personal contract that I signed for myself and for my children. And it was important for me to play a part in that and to really become my own advocate, which is why I named my business Your Divorce Advocate, because I feel that somebody needs an advocate in that process.
0: Well, and, and it's such a good point, and I love that you use the word advocate, right? Because attorneys are advocates. That is a part of our role in people's lives. But we are an advocate on legal issues. Period. Right. End of life. End of day. End of end of of what we know in right. this world. And what you just said, I have said a version of that to clients over my thirty plus years of practice. This is not my life that I am advocating for. This is not my life. I go home at night to my life. And right. so the decisions that need to be made in the divorce, starting with the very first decision of to get a divorce, are decisions that you have to have a role in, right? That's what, it, that's exactly right. what you were just saying. And it doesn't stop when you make the decision to divorce and then you hand it over to someone else.
1: That's the first decision. Correct. And and I think you I think the best way that I have ever described this is um I liken an attorney to a surgeon. You wouldn't go into surgery with just a surgeon, right? Because you wouldn't want that surgeon giving you your anesthesia or to perform duties that a nurse would perform, or possibly another specialist that's required in the surgery, you would want a team. Well, it's the same thing with divorce. Make sure you are using the right tool for the problem that needs to be solved. And your attorney is just one of those tools. But that attorney can only, um, you know, do his or her job if they know what the ultimate goal of the project is, right? I mean, you can have a tool, but if that tool doesn't know what to do, are you really going to have the outcome you want? Are you going to be building a house or are you going to be building a a shed? If you don't tell your attorney how to use those tools, their expertise, are you going to get what you want? Are you going to get what maybe they think that you need? And, and, And so it's just so incredibly important For you to take an active role and to to really spend that time, and I know how difficult it is, but you got to spend that time to figure out what do you want your post-divorce life to look like? What does that blueprint look like? And recognize, just like with any other blueprint, things will change. You'll move a window, you may open up a door, a wall may come down, but the reality of that is that actually might create a, a more beautiful view for you, right? So mm-hmm. be open to the things changing as long as you are actively participating in it and you recognize why it changed. And, and that really is the whole idea around you don't want to have a divorce hangover. You want to know. And, and, and the divorce hangover hangover for me is that whole, if I'd only, if I'd only known, the woulda, coulda, us right? the morning you wake up going oh i can't believe i did that right what did i do <laughs> exactly exactly so you know the idea is you want to know exactly why you made each decision why you removed that window why you opened up that doorway why you moved that wall and 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 many times just like when you're building a house right you maybe really wanted that wall there but for other structural reasons it's just as best if it's not there so that you can accomplish the other 10 things you really wanted, right? right. Same with all the decisions you make in a divorce. You're not going to get everything you want, but you want to make sure that you are looking at everything and, and really intentionally making decisions that are going to allow you to have that post-divorce life that you want. Yeah. These are
0: such good analogies. I'm thinking of both of them, you know, in, in my life and I'm thinking of the surgery one as the, an example for me would be, you're getting your nose done. You want a new nose. You don't like the nose you have. You're not just going to sick your plastic surgeon on the nose and say, do whatever you want right. with my nose. You're going to give them pictures of noses that you like. You're going to describe what bothers you about your nose, your, whatever these things are. Now, difference might be is you're not going to be awake during the surgery going no i think a little thinner here right. but other than that it's a very apt analogy right you you are giving the surgeon the vision of what this looks like at the end and i i think that's a wonderful thing for people to be thinking about as they go to talk to attorneys is you know i always say divorce is an opportunity to craft a new future a new beyond but you have to be the one who has the vision of what that's going to look like, your blueprint, as you were talking about. And as someone who has done more home renovations than I ever care to think about again, I have personally had the situation where the wall had to go somewhere where I didn't and the window couldn't be where I wanted it. But in the ultimate you know, decision, it was had to be for certain things. And I think what you just said, so that I could have other things that I wanted. And when people look back with a hangover on divorce, they forget what they got and only remember what they gave up because they weren't a participant
1: in making those decisions. Exactly. Because they don't realize the pros and cons. They don't recognize that in order to get these five things, I had to give up this one or two. And so again, that participation, this is your life, engage, you know, become your advocate. All of these professionals you are working with, they work for you. You know, bring make sure that you are actively working with them to get what it is that you want when this is all over with. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, they are there to support you, including your attorney. And I have to say this yes. as the attorney, you know, in the room at the moment, People come to attorneys and think they're just going to take their box of life, put it in their on their attorney's desk, and the attorney, we're going to take out our cape, our Superman cape, and our wand, and we're going to fix everything and make everything all right and know all the right decisions to make and, and do it all. And that's not what the process actually is is. And a good attorney is going to do everything that they can to make sure that you understand that. And I do know this is making me think of, you know, Wendy from last week who mentioned, you know, she was the one who decided she wanted to get divorced, but it was her ex-husband who originally actually filed. And so she felt like a gun had gone off and she just went out, talked to one attorney, thought they sounded like they knew what they were talking about, hired that attorney who immediately went into full-on heavy litigation, which then took over her life for the next, as everyone heard, quite some time. So as you're sitting there in the space of, okay, and and this I think could go either way, right, Kelly? It could be I'm the one who's decided I want a divorce or my spouse has told me they want a divorce. But it puts you in a mode of decision-making and some
1: action. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. You know, If you are the initiator, you know you want your life to be different. If you're not the initiator, you have to come to the realization and the acceptance of your life is going to be different. Now you can lean in and be a part of constructing what that life looks like or sit back and let everybody do that for you. And the outcome may not be exactly what you want. So either way, you, you have to engage. Right. And I think it's a
0: key point. And you mentioned this when you were talking about your divorce, when you sit back and you sort of let the divorce happen to you Mm -hmm. and you make decisions in the moment without having a plan forward, that's to me where you end up with the hangover at the end. And- Divorce hangovers, a couple of aspirin are not going to fix. A little Pepto-Bismol and some ginger ale are not going to get you over a divorce hangover. Very often, the decisions you make or the agreements you come to during a divorce, you don't get the opportunity to fix those post-divorce. Sometimes you can, or sometimes you can try to tweak them. But you don't get to say, oh, you know what? I wasn't thinking clearly, or no one explained that to me very well. I don't like that anymore, or I shouldn't have done that. It's not how it works. Listeners, we need to talk about the holidays and divorce. It's a stressful time for families, especially when alcohol is involved, and our friends at Soberlink want to help. SoberLink has teamed up with divorce and family law experts to bring you information you didn't know that can provide peace of mind during the holidays. For those of you who still haven't heard about SoberLink, it is the solution for you if you are going through a divorce and custody case involving alcohol. Whether you are falsely accused of alcohol use or are concerned about your child's safety because of your other parents' alcohol use, SoberLink can help. Soberlink works hard to keep children safe, offering a remote alcohol monitoring system that is the gold standard because of its technology. Don't miss out on Soberlink's free guide for the upcoming holiday season. Request it today at www.soberlink.com/susan. Hey listeners, did you know that you can now listen to Divorce and Beyond on your favorite audiobook platform, Audible? If you're like me and you love your audiobooks along with your podcasts, this is a great time to check out Audible memberships. They have two levels, Audible Plus and Audible Premium Plus. You right now can get a free trial of Audible Plus, and if you decide to subscribe to Audible Premium Plus, you will also get up to 2 free audiobooks. So go to the links in the show notes to get these special offers and I'll see you over on Audible. Stay tuned for more from Kelly Myers as she shares invaluable tips for how you can start your divorce off on the right foot and avoid
1: a divorce hangover. I believe it's so important to work with a coach, to work with a mental health professional, to make sure that your team recognizes all the players in this. It isn't just what you're entitled to from the law It's how can you use the law, again, as a tool to get what it is that you need, that your family needs, the ability for you all to move forward and thrive, because that's the goal here.
0: If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show with Wendy Sloan, who shared what she wishes she had known when she went through her divorce and why she believes that divorce doesn't suck. Most of my clients, and sometimes there's hard times during the process
1: where they've really had to dig deep and have difficult conversations. But once we're done with the agreement and they put it in a drawer, hopefully to never look at again, they look back and think, wow, I think that
0: going through that process was actually really helpful.
1: We would have never talked about that, you know, if it wasn't for putting this agreement together.
0: And now we return to today's show.
1: You know, I I had shared at the beginning that I had three young kids and I was the primary caretaker. Well, I just accepted the fact that we had had a long-term marriage. I just accepted the fact that I was only going to get spousal support for half the number of years we were married. I never consulted with an attorney. I didn't talk to anybody about that. If I had spent some time thinking, what I really want is to be able to stay home with my children until they are graduated, right? Or until they are of a certain age. And I had kind of thought through, and this is kind of where I want to live, you know, this is what I want to, you know, I'm thinking in terms of work, you know, that I really want to start out maybe just working part-time, really had thought through that part of maybe my negotiations would have been my primary goal here is to stay home with my kids. What do I need to, you know, looking at all of the various things that are on the, you know, the chess pieces on the table of negotiation, right? Yeah. What am I willing to give up that really at the end of the day is number, you know, 15, 16, 17, in order to get my number one priority, which is to stay home with my kids. And I am here to tell you my children's lives and my life would be dramatically different if I had done just that one thing. So when we talk about this blueprint, What I want to convey to everybody is I know, I personally know how incredibly overwhelming this whole process is. And to add to that, now I got to do a blueprint? (laughs) What are you talking about? I can hardly, you know, get through each day. Okay, then think of what is the most important, just one, what is the one most important thing for you that you want to make sure you have when this is all over with? Mm-hmm. That's all you can do right now. Just do that and make sure you convey to the professionals you're working with what that is and why. Because again, the why matters. Because if you're working with people who are really engaged in this world and recognize that the best thing that you can do in this process is to be creative, you want to work with with your divorce professionals, mediators, attorneys who recognize the value of creativity in this process. And so if you tell them your why, for instance, it may be, um, I want the house. I want the, I want the family home because my children, I, I think it's really important for them to, to, to be living there. You may work with professionals that could make you see, totally, let's look at that. A CDFA, a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, may help you look at that and may help you realize that if you take that house, realize you're going to have to work. And now this whole goal of being with your children and being able to support them, are you really going to be able to do that, right? There may be other things that you find in that process, and then your divorce professionals may be able to help you see that actually there's another path. That's going to ultimately help you get what you what it is you really want, which is to not disrupt your kids' lives, to be able to spend time with them, to keep them in their, their um, school district, you know, whatever those things are. There may be an alternate solution to that, which allows you to get all that, but doesn't then force you to have to go back to work or give up other assets that are going to impact you in the long run really negatively. So again, just that one thing if you can come up with one thing that's really important, it's going to make a heck of a lot of difference in what the outcome is for you because you're going to start to engage you know, with, with the professionals that you're working with. And if you're finding those professionals aren't engaging with you and they're not helping you be creative, they may not be the right professionals for you.
0: There's a lot of professionals out there and I, I think you've made a really, really important point here that we know as mediators, right? We know that people come into negotiations, come into these discussions about what's going to unfold from their divorce with set positions, such as, I want the house. That is one that we hear. I have a whole episode on it, folks. (laughs) Go, Go listen to, you know, do you really want the house? But what i you know what i would encourage people to do and and kelly and i both know this because it's something we teach in our mediation trainings is look beyond i want the house and look at what the house what that means what that gets for you what what do you achieve or get if you get the house and all those things that kelly just mentioned such as my kids stay in their school district My kids stay in the home that they've known for the past four years. I have a safe and stable, you know, go through and start really piecing out those things. And I don't say that from the point of view of you're now going to get every single one of those things. We know that's not usually possible to get every single thing you want, but you start identifying the things that are really important to you. And if it's stability for your kids, maybe that looks different them staying in that house. Because I love your point. I think there's such an elegance in the point that you made. If your priority is that your children have the stability of having you home with them, is it the having you or the home that's the
1: important thing? Is there going to be a big litigated fight to get the house? And what damage are you going to do to your children's sense of stability? If you're going through that, I was in the American Family and Consolatory or Association of Family and Conciliatory Courts uh, training the other day, and they talked about toxic stress yeah. and the impact on children's brains when parents are in conflict all the time. And so everything that you want in this divorce, also, if particularly if you have children, ask yourself, what is the price of fighting that? And what is that conflict going to do to my children? And again, just using that house, right? If the house is a real big thing, of contention and your spouse is going, oh no, if I'm not living in that house, nobody's living in that house. Yeah. Okay. Now you got to ask yourself, am I really going to give my kids stability or are they going to be completely unstable and living in this, this world of conflict for the next year and a half while I battle to get this house. And at the end of the day, the house really doesn't matter. What matters is you. What matters is you being able to be present for them and engaged and not completely emotional and conflict-ridden, which is what happened to me for two years. Two years. I was not the mom that I should have been to my children. And I don't even know the damage that was done to them. So it, you know, there's just a lot of things to consider, which is I, I believe it's so important to work with a coach, to work with a mental health professional to make sure that your team recognizes all the players in this. It isn't just what you're entitled to from the law. It's how can you use the law again as a tool to get what it is that you need, that your family needs, the ability for you all to move forward and thrive. Because that's the goal here. Right.
0: Well, and that word you just used, which always makes me cringe a little bit, entitled, You know, you want a word that's going to take you straight to hangover status, right? say, I want what I'm entitled to in your divorce all the time, just over and over again, because I will tell you that if it were as simple as what you're entitled to, if the law were that clear and black and white there wouldn't be so many divorce lawyers in the world making a lot of money doing what they do, which is what people complain about a lot, right? There is obviously a huge gray area when it comes to what you're entitled to. Almost everything is within a court's discretion and you don't want the court deciding within their discretion. More episodes on that as well, everyone. That entitled to, you know, people think that's a simple solution, right? Well, just give me what I'm entitled to, or give me what's fair, and we can be done with this. Yeah, I know she's laughing. If you can't see the two of us, right? Yeah. The two words that we hate, that we find the least useful for people are I want what's fair, or I want what I'm entitled to. So in our, you know, in our last five or so minutes, Kelly, what would you say would be for the person who has either been told that divorce is in their future or the person who has decided that divorce is in their future? You know, Wendy's tip was take a pause, get yeah. get educated, figure out what your options are from here. Don't go out and hire that first attorney. Yeah. What would your advice besides don't drink the you know entire bottle of vodka. <laughs> you know, yes. What? How do? How, do you, how would you advise people to avoid the hangover?
1: Well, I would second, third, and fourth what Wendy said. And um, just as a sidebar, I, I don't think going out and running on hiring an attorney. Um, is the right thing to do or filing right I mean th- those are things that it, you need to take some thought and consideration on. but w- I, what I typically advise my clients to do as a first step first of all I, I suggest everybody get a divorce notebook and divide that notebook up into legal, you know financial real estate parenting and just fears okay yeah and then start in the fear section and i want you to write down every fear you have everything. Get it all and in you board. have
0: them. We know you have, you them. have them. They're there. And
1: may it be a fear, maybe a concern, maybe, you know, whatever you want to call it, write them down and this take you, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of days, whatever it is, but get a good list. And when you feel like you've kind of purged all of these feelings, then what I want you to do is bucketize those fears, bucketize them into legal fears, financial fears, parenting fears, real estate fears, whatever your buckets are, but start to organize them. And two things happen here. When you start to take fears and things like that, the right brain activity, and you start to write them down and organize, you are transferring that to the left brain, which allows you to manage all of those emotions better. Okay. So now you've got all of these issues, these Things bucketized, organized. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take each one of them individually. And now I want you to write a series of questions about that fear. What when 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 that fear comes up for you, what are the questions that come up for you? And start to create some questions. What you've done just there is you've been now created a very organized list of issues to bring to the multiple professionals that you that mm-hmm. you can work with and or because not everybody can afford to put together a team. Right. But I look at your list of podcasts, Susan, and I mean you've got people who talk on every subject out there. Now you've got now that you've bucketized your 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 concerns, your issues, and you've got some questions there, now look to see if any of these amazing podcasts address those issues. Listen to them. If you like what that person said, go to their website, follow them, read their blogs, look at other divorce podcasts, start to educate yourself. And, and even in that process, even if you can not afford to put together a team, the more you educate yourself and can go in and talk to these professionals with things you've heard, you know, d- fill in some of the, the questions, add questions to your list. Two things are going to happen. You are going to get in there. You are going to make the most use of your time with that professional, you're gonna get the most information back and you're going to save yourself money. So, right? And yeah. that's the biggest Yay. concern
0: people have. It is for good
1: reason. Absolutely. Force is expensive. Absolutely. So if you ask me what is one tip, that is the I think the first thing that people should do because I do think it's a really emotional time. Um, and even those who are making the decision to leave. Typically, they've got a lot of concerns. Just map them out, write some questions, bucketize them, and then go meet with the professionals that you're prepared to have a productive conversation that will actually hopefully have some results for you.
0: Yeah, it's so good and and such a golden nugget for listeners to to, sort of bucketize things and get your questions in your mind and then go look for information. Information, you know, you're right. I've got almost, I've got over 200 podcast episodes. Trust me, folks, it's out there on this show, or another show, or on a blog, or in a book, the book of one of my experts. And that was one thing that Wendy pointed out in her episode last week was that when she got divorced, this whole plethora of, you know, podcasts and blogs and all this free information online was not there. But, you know, find I always tell people, make sure you're finding your information from a source that you trust, you know, so that you feel because there's almost too much information out there that we know now. Uh, But I think that that's such a, a valuable tip for people who are sitting there saying, I can't afford to go put together this massive team that that Kelly's talking about. The other tip I do want to say, though, is I say this all the time, and I'm not saying it just because you happen to be a divorce coach, you're a mediation coach and a mediator and, and other things as well. I do think that the person to start with for many people would be a really good divorce coach because that exercise that you just talked about is something that a really good divorce coach would do with a client to help them get those list of concerns craft those questions and pull that all together. And think of the value of that when you then go interview a CDFA to find one, interview the mediator. As you said, you found one that you didn't actually think turned out to be the right one for you. Or one thing that I know that you have for people, and this is really something almost everyone going through divorce is going to do, it can help you go hire the right attorney, not like Wendy who hired the first one that she met and who turned out to be the wrong one for her.
1: Well, and I'll tell you, if you are working with a, a, an experienced divorce coach, um, they will have resources and, and recommendations and referrals for you. So you know that they are somewhat vetted already. Um, I would also tell you that a divorce coach, uh, again, a good divorce coach, I have referred people to other divorce coaches because I may not be the right person, I, I, you know, for a number of reasons, because maybe they need an expertise I don't have, maybe just from a personality perspective. They didn't connect with me, and I am always happy. I would rather have people get in the hands of a divorce coach that they feel they can work with, because they become their strategic thinking partner. They become kind of at the hub of the wheel with yeah. with the client to really help them understand all the things that are foreign to them, because when you're getting a divorce, you're walking in foreign land. You have no idea. It's a foreign language. So to have somebody, an interpreter of sorts to walk with you through that process, I think is invaluable.
0: It it truly is. And, and, you know, I have other episodes for those who are listening all about what divorce coaching is and the value. Uh, Kate Anthony has been on two or three times, I think, talking about, she's one of my favorite divorce coaches, Um, Wendy Sterling. I mean, there's, I've had so many, and it's just such a, I'm just a huge supporter of a truly, you know, gifted coach is worth their weight in gold and probably the most important professional that you get. But Your attorney, whether they're your consulting attorney, review attorney, litigation attorney, negotiating attorney, just attorney, they are also critically important. And one thing that you've done for listeners is you've created a fabulous sort of resource list for people with the questions that they should ask and the considerations that they um, should be thinking of when they go to hire someone. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so I put together just some tips for you to be thinking about when you're hiring an an attorney, Um, some questions to ask to find out whether or not this attorney really, uh, their experience and their values align with yours and what you feel you need. Because, you know, there are a lot of attorneys who are really good at the law, but they may not really understand what you need. And so you want to make sure that you're hiring somebody who is aligned. With, with what your goals are and can really help you get there in a manner in which supports how you want to do it. Right. So I've got these um, tips for you and you there'll be a link, I think, in the show notes um, yes. where they can access that.
0: Yep. I will put a link. Uh, all of Kelly's information will be in the show notes and I will have a link. To her free gift, it will take you um, to a landing page where you'll be able to download those va- very valuable tips. This is a question I get from listeners all the time: is you know how do I know which attorney to hire? Uh, and this is all of the tips that you've given uh, everyone about you know bucketizing and coming up with your list of concerns, um, and then these questions and issues to raise is is just invaluable and just all of the things you're, you're in. If you are a person who's listening right now. In that moment of, oh my gosh, this is happening! I, I, I'm getting a divorce. This is this is a critical moment for you to steps that you take right now. Can help you to avoid the divorce hangover that you just heard about from Kelly. You heard about it from Wendy. It happens. This is your moment to avoid it, and you've you've just been given all the golden nuggets on how to do that. So, Kelly, thank you so much for joining everyone at this, you know, in this December month. But when we know that this information is really going to be so valuable for
1: people. Well, thank you for having me, Susan, and. If I could just leave a parting note, I just want everybody to know you will be okay. You will be okay. So thank you. As I always
0: say, everyone, your beyond can be beautiful. It really can. So I love that. Thank you, Kelly, so much. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.